Hey there, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review so your friends know that this is a show that they can learn from. Follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. Now, enjoy this episode. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Whoa. What? Daniel, you went Coming up an octave. Hot. You went up an octave and a half. How's the coffee? I don't well, want to knock it over. It's great. My uh, my single strain Peruvian Starbucks blend. Well, it's a single origin, probably Sumatra, knowing you. I drink what they make downstairs. I don't know. I can tell when it's not it's good, trustworthy. though. Trustworthy. I know when uh, when all of a sudden we, we are out of the Starbucks and they... They throw something else Slip in there. In the economy no one. bueno. Um, what are you drinking, young man? Um, finishing up the Onyx. Uh, Monarch. Slim. Uh, Monarch. Dun, dun, yeah. dun, Onyx. Dun, dun, Monarch. Onyx. Do you remember Onyx? Onyx before your time. I hey, don't know. somebody. What, band? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Band. What is it? Like a rap group. It's like it's like kind of like a Beastie Boys thing. Oh, okay. Um, but anyways. The they music. screamed a lot. Oh, Steve's already played it, I'm sure. Slam or Bam. I don't know what the name of the song was. So the other episode we had, and, and you said something about being shiny, and I said, it's shiny. And, uh, and of course, on the Tribe, which, wow. Like, we're rolling 900 deep in the Tribe right now. Nice. Yeah. We still need to send, was it Kate? I think we sent her a book, but we What's didn't the send deal, her. Man? Well, I don't know. We got to get on that. We got a new we got a new marketing superstar starting this summer, so she can she can help us catch Wait, up with so some of things. Kate. Yeah, well, it's it right around the corner. It's like two months, month and a half, six weeks. It'll go like I this. Um, but anyways, no, that's from Moana when the um, when the crab or whatever it was was singing. She was so shiny. Hmm. Yeah, you'll get there. Is that like movie? Moana? My gosh! We're you still know, in like the kids like twenty minute episode things. We, it is amazing to me how how up to speed on things like coffee or your biking or whatever. And then I'm like, oh yeah, Dave Portnoy, Barstool Sports, and you're like, huh? Or Moana? How do you not? Our know kids Moana? are watching Paw Patrol. Well, Paw yeah. Patrol. Oh man, I remember that. We got all the we got all the things. All you got to do is walk into our house and say Paw Patrol, and then all the kids go which, on the road. Which is his favorite? Which are their favorites? Oh, I don't know. It changes by the minute. It's very confusing. Do you know any of them? Yeah, there's Chase. Okay, Marshall. Oh yeah, Rubble. See, there Rocky, we go. Look at this. Sky. Mm-hmm. There's Everest. Uh-huh. There's the human. I don't know the human's name. What's nice. Name? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's great. So there they you never go. talk about the human. They only like the dogs. That's it. That's why it's called Paw Patrol, not Hand Patrol. What? Let's move on. <laughs> All right, we got a good question today. Um, a generalist type question. So we're going to start. I totally forgot who it's from. The first one. Who's it from? Uh, Jack, I think. Jack. Maybe. Yep. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the email was a little deceptive, but the but the name was right on spot. So, anyways, Jack, what do you got? DIY. Hey guys, this is Jack from Denver. I'm currently in the wealth building phase, maxing retirement accounts with an HSA, 401k, and Roth IRA, as well as contributing any excess to a personal brokerage account. My company also allows a mega backdoor Roth into the 401k, which I'm taking advantage of. I'm 28 years old and I'm hoping to retire early. 
I have a pretty high risk tolerance when it comes to investments, and I wanted to know if it makes more sense to place higher risk investments in a particular account. I mostly invested in target date retirement funds as well as broad stock market funds, but I'm looking to increase my holdings in the technology sector. Is there any benefit to purchasing these riskier funds in a Roth versus pre-tax versus personal brokerage account? Does it make sense to be looking at different investments across different account types, or am I overcomplicating it? Appreciate your time. Looking forward to hearing from you. All right. Um, I'll let me break down what what I think he's asking, just for in layman terms. Um, he's got a variety of different accounts, and when you say that, it typically alludes to how they're going to be taxed. So I think a lot of people get confused when you say a different account. I, we run into this still today. We're like, well, just set up an investment account, like outside of a retirement account. People are like, what are you talking about? And we share with people that, yeah, you and your spouse or just you individually, you can open an account like a bank account and you can buy mutual funds and stocks and ETFs in there, et cetera. It's not a retirement account like a 401k or a Roth or an IRA. It's just an individual account. So when this individual is talking, when Jack is talking about these different accounts, what he's really asking is, is there any benefit to buying investments in there because of the future tax consequences of the individual accounts? That's what he's asking. Daniel, what say you? Yeah, so it depends on how complicated you want to get. Uh, yes, you may be overcomplicating things, uh, but it may be prudent. It really depends on how much time, effort, and mental energy that you want to put into it. Uh, so you talked about a few different accounts here, HSA, 401k, Roth IRA. The HSA is your most uh, tax-advantaged account, has a triple tax benefit, uh, that being you get a, a tax deduction when you put it in, it grows tax-deferred, you don't pay tax on the way out, so long as it's for medical. If you're using that for retirement, which is what it sounds like you are, then it has a great long-term tax benefits. So with that idea, that would be the place that you'd want to see more growth, because it's going to have a tremendous amount of tax benefits. So if you're the only reason that you would change your allocation though, uh, based upon account is if you are, um, if you're going down sort of the allocation ladder. So if, if you're going from say hundred percent stocks to say 70, 30, 70% stocks, 30% bonds or 60, 40 or something like that, or you even alluded to buying certain overweighting certain sectors or, or more growth oriented stocks in one place versus the other. You can kind of do that. Um, I, what I would do is I would start with looking at all the accounts and going, what's the allocation you want to have? And then you might want to tilt the more tax-advantaged accounts like the HSA and Roth towards the things that are just going to kind of grow more. And the reason that you would want to do that is you're not going to pay tax on those on the way out. The Roth and the HSA are going to be tax-free when you make withdrawals. So therefore, you kind of want those ones to grow a little bit more than the other ones. Now that's you, Jack, and it sounds like that you were fairly astute and, and that you really like to actually pay attention and try to work these accounts uh, to the greatest benefit that you can. For the average person, really uh, investing the same across these accounts, whether it's the same target date fund, the same allocation, etc., is generally the best option because a lot of people don't want to look at these on a, say, quarterly or annual basis to make these adjustments and or overthink why one is performing exceptionally well and the other is not performing exceptionally well. Is that okay? Not okay? Is their allocation still good and so forth? So for a lot of people, that's a little much. Uh, but for you, Jack, it might work. The reason that you would want to do this, again, is if you can sort of uh, have a higher allocation to growth stocks, for instance, when growth stocks do well, they're not always going to do better than the overall market. But sometimes they do, as evidenced by the last couple of years. 
and you stick that in your you know Roth IRA, and your Roth IRA does you know ten percent better on average for a couple of years than your uh, your traditional tax deferred. Uh, you're going to be happy in the long run because you're going to have more money there. That money's going to come out tax free, etc. What are we missing? We're not missing anything. You. Uh, eloquently discussed the pros and cons. I think the dilemma is that many people, I think, don't really appreciate the volatility that can come from quote-unquote aggressive risky investments. Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, in the interim from sending this in, this question in, which was sent in like, I don't know, six months ago, and today... Maybe that has come to fruition. Uh, for example, we watched uh, Kathy Wood's ARC funds drop, I don't know, 50%. Now, mind you, they had an unbelievable run, but to give back 50%, especially if you've been dollar-cost averaging into that type of fund, to give back 50% in just a matter of days is, is a little, I mean, that's that's hard. That's That's not easy. Now, if that's your long-term strategy, your dollar cost averaging in there, which I actually think is good. I, I have done a lot of research now on Kathy. Um, I think she's fantastic. I, I really do. Now, mind you, does that mean I'm condoning or saying to somebody, just go out and buy up all the ARC funds you can? No, it's not what I'm saying at all. But I think she's more than a one-hit wonder. That's my my two cents, If you if you really track her. It's not what the question's about. My point is is that in theory, the idea of, well, this account, I'm going to buy this, this account, I'm going to buy this, and you know I'm going to be perfectly fine when they you know move is, is in theory great, and, and yes, it makes sense to do exactly what Daniel alluded to. I think in reality, I, I, I just, over 20-some years of investing with money, and, and the reason I'm not going to say 30 is because the first 10 years of my life buying and selling stocks, I really didn't have money. I was kind of dinking around and whatever. Sometimes the account was bigger than others, but I didn't really have money. And I live in a van down by the river. But over the last 20 years, I think just in managing money, investing money, growing wealth, I looking back, I always wonder why did I overcomplicate any of this? All I should have done is bought the S&P 500, the total market index, and let it sit. I shouldn't have done anything different. Now, did I glean wisdom? Did I learn stuff? Did I have fun? Did I enjoy tracking different stocks? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's it's a hobby. But I'll tell you, if I were to, I'm not even going to add up what it could have been if I just stuck to the index and not really dinked around with anything else. It, it would probably make me sick. So I guess what I'm trying to say, Jack, or anybody who's listening, I think that you should look to keep it simple across any type of account, my two cents. Um, and, you know, over time, whether it's, uh, you know, an index fund or a long-term, you know, capital gain in a stock or what have you, you can manage that appropriately sort of long, long-term down the road. So let's say you had a huge gain in your individual account. And you're going, oh, you know, if that would have been in my Roth, I wouldn't pay any tax. Well, maybe you're charitably minded and you, instead of taking some of that gain to fund a purchase, you, you know, donate a portion of that to a charity. And then ultimately what you were going to donate to a charity, you use. So there's strategies, I think, that you can you can employ to overcome. I know. And finally, this is what I'm going to say in conclusion. I know that a lot of people, especially early in their career, 
of investing, when they get too hung up on the taxes, I'm not saying it's not important, but when they get too hung up on the taxes, they start to get into big trouble and they start to really, you know, focus on the the kind of the trees and not the whole forest. And and I really think that you got to focus on big picture, uh, the big picture forest uh, world. The only area, this will be, I guess, my real conclusion. Sure. The only area where I'm super um, prone to uh, observing taxes is in my kids' accounts. And the reason for that is, is that if I take too much gain there, they're subject to what's called a kitty tax. And the kitty tax can be the highest income tax bracket, upwards of basically 40%. So every year, I make sure that I'm observing their accounts. I'm not taking any you know unnecessary gains that I need to. And I'm making sure that I'm in investments that aren't going to, you know, kick off a significant amount of income at this stage. They just don't need that. Other than that, and I, again, I'm sure I could make better decisions with my personal capital. But other than that, I, you know, now in my life, try to keep it simple and not not dink around too much. Quinn Tatro with Jewel Financial. Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty good. And uh, to be, to clarify, I'm not advocating saying uh, use your Roth to go into the most aggressive things possible. What this usually plays out from a financial planning perspective is somebody might be, say, 60-40, uh, have Roth IRAs and IRAs. One fairly decent strategy is to put mostly the equities in the or stocks in the Roth IRAs and, and use the IRAs for the bonds, which in theory, are going to grow a little bit slower, thus creating more of the gains in the Roth IRA, which is not going to have any tax on the way out. So uh, looking at it from a holistic picture there is good. Uh, the other thing I would say, Jack, is is you said that you want to retire early someday. So definitely take into consideration where you are saving uh, and keep in mind that your HSA 401k Roth IRAs and so forth uh, become fairly inaccessible prior to age, currently age 59 and a half depending on future legislation and so forth. But if you're if retiring early is a goal that's, you know, in your early to mid fifties, uh, that taxable brokerage account is going to be an important part of that strategy going forward. There you go. Um, a couple of odds and ends, first of all. Uh, you, many folks are writing in their questions in emails, like typing them in. That's not the show. The show is we actually take the question through a voice memo. Because we like to the hear other, your voice. This is the other, this is the other um, question I'm getting. Where can I call and leave my voice mail? No. What you do is you get on your smartphone. It's been a long time since we've talked about this. You get yeah. on your smartphone. You you record a voice memo. Apple has this built in. I think um, I think uh, Google or uh, Android. Android has a, an app maybe Probably. you can get. I don't know. And then you just email that to us. You email that file. Email it to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. And ultimately, we will then, if we choose it, we will bring that, we will embed that into the show. And then if we choose to to uh, use your question uh, and we do embed it on the show, then we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Yeah. So we don't have a format. I mean, literally each week I get one or two very well-crafted, written-out emails of... Great questions, but we just don't have that format yet. I guess we could hire somebody to just write, read those, but guess that's what we not could do a YouTube only episode where we just go to the mailbag. Go to the mailbag. There you go. But okay. but no, not that's yet. It's not on the podcast, so you wouldn't get your twenty five. That's phones. right. So send us the voice memo. And if you've wondered why we've not gotten back to you and you've sent in your question via email in text, that's why. 
DIY Tribe on Facebook is on fire. Uh, what are in, we doing for the thousandth person? I don't know. We got 200 people to think about it, so we'll figure that out. I thought you said we were at 900. Did I say 900? I thought I said 800. Maybe we are at 900. I don't, I don't know. know. Reverse the type. No problem. And uh, you're on Insta, DIY.money on Insta? Yeah, we're having fun educating people. We're getting a lot of questions that come in that way, just uh, quick hits, uh, things like that. Obviously, we can't give personal advice on Instagram because uh, we don't know your personal situation, but we try to answer uh, comments and questions and messages that come in uh, to the best of our abilities and point you in the right direction. There you go. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, I don't know. Thanks for doing that. Thanks. Universe. Let's wrap it up. All right, friends. The secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.